1: I'm Griffin Youngs, joined by Christian Bollet. As always, a much different vibe for this episode, following the Avalanche's 5-2 to win over the Dallas Stars than it was on Thursday after they lost to Minnesota, because suddenly the Avs take care of business against the Stars and the Wild get handled by Vegas on the same night. So we're kind of just back to where we started a week ago, where we're one point behind Minnesota, with a game in hand. And now all of a sudden the narrative of this team can't beat good teams changes.
0: It changes quickly. Uh, It feels like we're in the twilight zone because I feel like we've been having this conversation now for four straight weeks about, Hey, the apps control their own destiny. And then we go through, ah, no, they don't control their own destiny. And then we come on Sunday and it's like, Oh yeah, wait, they do control their own destiny again. Um, Like you said, apps take care of business against Dallas. Uh, We're not going to celebrate like, like hip 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 hooray this win because the stars were playing the second half of a back-to-back they looked like a team that was playing the second half of a back-to-back in that third period but you still take care of business you get the win Uh, I'm not gonna say relatively easy but you took care of business and you at least salvage one of these two games
1: yeah I mean this game against Dallas to me at least never really felt in doubt from the beginning the first period was decent I think it was better than some of the starts they've had lately. And they get out of the first with the lead, especially as the game wore on Dallas was running out of legs, but I I thought the abs did a good job at putting them away. It was clear who the better team was. I think the result was very deserved on both sides. It's a tough break for Dallas. We've been in this same spot, but we've also won in this same spot. So you have to take care of business on their end as well, but the abs they played A pretty solid game, a big regulation win, no matter the scenario for the stars. And you get some help from an old enemy in Vegas who takes care of Minnesota. And like I said, one point back with the game in hand, if if both Minnesota and Colorado win out the avalanche, win the division,
0: win the division. And yeah, we, I, I tweeted this out last night. It felt so like gross to be cheering for Vegas last night. Like I, I did not enjoy it. Um, I will usually go out of my way to like not watch the Vegas or Minnesota broadcast because nothing against the broadcasters. I just can't stand to listen to the pro Vegas agenda that they have, but I was forced to. Um, and I felt gross, very, very gross. Like I had to go take like a 45 minute shower afterwards. Cause I was cheering for Jonathan Marshall show. And I was like, this just doesn't
1: feel right. Yeah. When it's Minnesota though, I'm, I can very quickly put that away. I feel like for Vegas, at least We haven't had any problems with them lately and my distaste for Minnesota and Edmonton and all these other teams has slowly started to surpass them and I was lucky because on Xbox with the ESPN plus out of state fan easier to watch games you can just put them on in like the little corner at the top and put the abs on the big screen in the middle and you can just kind of keep an eye on it on the side but Thankfully, Vegas did something useful for once. And finally, Minnesota lost a game in regulation that wasn't to friggin' Boston. And Minnesota will play them again in Minnesota. Yeah. I believe. And maybe Vegas just has their number. Yeah. I've
0: heard rumors that Kaprizov may be back for that game,
1: which uh, is that sucks that he's missed this entire (laughs) time and they lost two games in the entire stretch. Like, that's dumb.
0: Yeah. I mean, it, we're gonna have to cheer for Vegas again because if Vegas beats Minnesota in any fashion, even if they, even if it goes to overtime, I think the Avs would take over first with the win over San Jose. So we just have to, we just have to cheer for Vegas one more time this year, <laughs> and hope they can beat Minnesota. But based off the performance last night, I think there's a pretty good chance.
1: Yeah, we'll see where it all goes. And the Avs, they took care of business against Dallas. I really was not too worried coming into this game specifically because of jared bednar and how he made it very clear that he was not happy with this team over the last couple of days after the loss to minnesota calling out the passengers and continuing to use that same language after practice and before this game you knew they were going to come out better in this game and there was going to be absolutely no excuses like this team was pissed after they lost to Minnesota, it's really rare that you see them directly use the kind of language that they were using. Like, yeah, we were disappointed. We did not play well. We need to be better. Most of the time it just sounds empty, but they seemed very serious.
0: Yeah. They seem very serious. And I know we had that conversation probably what, like three weeks ago where McKinnon was like, yeah, well, this is one game. We play four more this week. Like uh, it seems like they've flipped the switch and they are in full playoff mode at this point. Um, and it was good to see them flip the switch. They, they they took care of business against Dallas. We're going to say that a lot. They, they took care of business. Um, but they they came out aggressive. This was the most hits I've seen them lay in a long time. Uh, I, in these past two games, I think they said in the broadcast, they have to have like 58 hits, which is way above their season average. So they came out with some aggression uh, and really kind of took it to the stars for majority of the game.
1: Yeah, and it was a... Decent start, I think. The first period, if they didn't end up getting that goal, I don't think we would have been super happy with it. But you do get a goal from Nathan McKinnon on a very great setup and a turnover from Jamie Ben And Rantanen beats pass sends it to McKinnon, who's wide open in the slot. A perfect one-timer right past Jay Gottinger. And the Avs have a one nothing lead uh, just before the halfway point.
0: Uh, it was a bold strategy by the Dallas Stars to leave Nathan McKinnon wide open in front of the net. Uh, that's a bold strategy. Uh, it didn't work out for him. Um, McKinnon gets his 33rd of the year. Like you said, that pass by Miko, right, just the heads up play like was so I, cerebral. Is that the right word for it? Like he just knew McKinnon was going to be there and threw a perfect pass like right on the tape and McKinnon rips it past Ottinger. And like you said, the abs get a early one, nothing lead. And if there's something we've learned from this team this year is that when they get the first goal of the game, they usually win those games.
1: Yeah, they're very good or usually very good at stepping on the neck of the opponent afterwards. But first periods, especially the last little while, have not been terrible, but they haven't been great. And it was good to at least come out of this first period with the lead. Georgiev had to make a couple of saves to to keep them in the lead. A huge save on Jamie Benn, I believe Wyatt Johnston as well. I mean, the Stars they came to play. This was not just the Stars rolling over and dying. They played a solid game and it was very important to keep them off the board in the first period. And Yorgiev after every loss I feel like just takes a share of flack for some reason, even against Minnesota where I thought he was fine. I didn't think he was that bad against Minnesota, at least not the main reason that they lost that game. And in this game against Dallas, I think he's just shown time and time again that like yeah, he's he's the guy. In that, And he's going to give you saves. If you don't show up in front of him and you give him jack shit to work with, honestly, there's still a chance he's going to bail you out, but he's going to be as good as the team is in front of him. And even on some nights when they're not their best, and in the first period where it was just okay, he's going to stand tall. He's going to stand
0: tall. And I love what Bednar said afterwards. I don't know if you caught that comment. He said, they were like, you think Georgiev's a guy? And he just said, absolutely.
1: <laughs> he didn't even stutter like, yeah, he's I mean- the guy. What else do you need to see in the regular season from this guy? He's got five shutouts. He's towards the top of the league and wins shutouts, top 10 and save percentage. I've we've talked about this before, but even my expectations for him, which is like what nine, 10, nine, 15, just make the saves you need to make. He has absolutely surpassed them.
0: Absolutely. surpassed. He's stolen a ton of games this year for the abs. Um, and he was rock solid. Like you said, in that first period, he made a couple of massive saves, uh, Do you worry at all with him going into the playoffs? He's never really played in any playoff games. Is that a fear? Because I know that's like a narrative that goes around, uh, but I don't know if it's actually true. I think sometimes it could be a benefit.
1: Like he has, he just doesn't know any better. I mean, you just, you, you just never know when it comes to the playoffs. Some guys, they just, they can't handle the pressure. Other guys, it doesn't bother them at all, but you're not hearing that conversation about Linus Olmark. Are you? He's had a fantastic season. He's never done it in the playoffs. Oh, you know, he was bad
0: last year in the playoffs. <laughs> he he was, was bad against was, the Hurricanes last year.
1: He was just okay against the Hurricanes. Ian Swayman, I think, ended up sharing the net a little bit. And we're not hearing that conversation around Boston. And you you don't know with Georgiev because you've never seen him in the playoffs outside of a handful of games, I think, in, in the bubble against the Hurricanes a couple of years ago where I think he was – I don't even remember that stretch, honestly. But from everything I've seen in the regular season, like, no, I'm not worried about it. And – I thought it was funny in this game that he passed his previous career high in games played with his wins this season where I yeah. believe he had however many wins he has this year That's was 34 or, 35 yeah, 34 now. wins is higher than like his career high of like 33 games played I yeah. believe yeah
0: he's he's been fantastic and after this first period he was able to kind of get some help but uh in that first period he he kind of saved the abs bacon a little bit because they were a little sloppy in their defense. Fin Dallas got a lot of chances right in front of the net uh, that I didn't particularly love, but the abs kind of buttoned it down after that.
1: Yeah. They've had a strong first period. They get out of there with the lead Dallas. They made a pretty solid push, but that's what you have your goalie for with Georgiev to, to keep them off the board. And you go the second period, the abs, they, they came out better in this one as oh, well. Yeah. And This one from Logan O'Connor, where it's just, you know, he's due. Where he's finally getting a couple to go recently. He was due, and he goes up against Mero Heiskanen, one-on-one, goes right through him, shoots it through the five-hole of Jake Ottinger, which I don't think Ottinger was expecting at all. Not not from Logan O'Connor, at least. You couldn't tell if that was McKinnon or O'Connor on this play, but he puts it through the five-hole of Ottinger, and now the Avs have a two-goal lead.
0: Yeah, that was... I I sometimes I've gotten better at it, but there are times when I see Logan O'Connor out there. I'm like, is that Nathan McKinnon? Like they their numbers are so similar, but he makes this shot. And I think you nailed it right on the head with I don't think Andrew was expecting him to pull, pull back and shoot it because he was slightly screened by Haskin. Um, and O'Connor, I don't think that puck left the ice. I think it just stayed on the ice the entire time, it but was- it was a
1: perfect shot. It was the perfect changeup shot where he's not expecting him to shoot it. And if he is expecting him to shoot it, he's expecting like a good shot, but yeah. it just stays on the ice, catches him completely off guard. And I feel like that was kind of the story for the stars in this game is that they needed more from a lot of their top guys in this game where we've seen in the past where like if Kale McCarr is not having the best night, the Avs have so many good players that they can make up the slack. Miro Hiskins getting burned by Logan O'Connor. The stars, they just don't have that same roster strength to to hold up.
0: Yeah, their decor is what would scare me for them going into the playoffs because it is just really Mero in and then Ryan Suter, like yeah. Yanni Hakipov.
1: Like the, if there's one flaw, not great.
0: Yeah, the, if there's one flaw for the stars, it is their decor. And if there's one strength for the ABS, if the ABS match up in the playoffs, it's our their decor. Year. Yeah, so. I completely agree. If Miro Heiskanen's off, the Stars are kind of just a little bit of a mess. But uh, Avs go up 2 nothing in this game. And if there was th- one thing you can gripe about in this game for the Avs, it was their discipline. I think they took two penalties in the first period. Um, if, I'm, if I'm remembering right, they took two. And then they take another one in the second. Uh, and the Stars capitalize on it. I It was kind of a broken play, how this goal gets in. I don't really blame Georgiev for it at all. Um, I believe it's Robertson sends it through the crease. It hits a Stars player and then just lands right on the stick of uh, Tyler Sagan. And he just sneaks it past Georgiev and it's
1: 2-1. Yeah, the penalties in this game, we did brush right over the, the Miko Rantanen boarding penalty on Yoel Kibiranta, which got him pretty heated with the officials again. I thought it was the kind of call that I'd like to see made if the other team does that to our guys. But with Ranton, it's been an incredible rivalry with him and the refs all season long. And I really hope that that does not come back to bite us in the playoffs when he starts doing something questionable, because he, he's not going to get a break on calls no. like this all season. He hasn't gotten a break on them all season. If Ranta does it to him, I don't think they call it, but no.
0: It, it's just Miko Rantanen is massive compared to Yoel Kiviranta. So I, it looked a lot worse than it actually was. Like, I don't blame the refs for that call. Like, I think it was – it. when you look at it initially, you're like, ah, yeah, that looked pretty bad. And then you watch replay and you're like, that's actually like a slight bump. Kiviranta's is just small and got yeah. pinched in the
1: board. It's the kind of hit that tells you you need to get back in the weight room. Yeah. But it's also Miko Rantanen who's an athletic freak and is just going to shove you around anyway. But it was numbers into the boards, yeah. face first, 50 50 that they're going to call that. And when your name's Miko Rantanen, that goes up a lot because correct, you've not earned yourself any favors. And on this power play at the Stars, eventually scored on towards the end of it, JT Comp first playing with a broken stick. I thought this one was weird because I don't think he realized it. No, I don't think he realized that his stick was broken because it's ingrained in their head that the second that stick breaks, you drop it and you get. A new stick. I just don't think he realized it at all. And the Avs, I thought they had a decent penalty kill on this one. It just comes down to the very end. Robertson, I think it goes off of Dodonov right to Tyler Sagan. There's nothing Georgiev can do on this play. It's a power play goal for Dallas that makes it two to one. And then Comfer goes to the box again for tripping. Really was not that close to the puck on this play and could have gotten really bad. The Avs were able to escape at very least but penalties in this game were a bit of a problem
0: yeah if if there's one gripe you have I, i think if this was a consistent problem where the abs aren't disciplined and they're taking a shit ton of penalties all the time you'd be more cause for concern but you really got lucky in this game that your penalty kill, it still gave up two goals, but you still won the game five to two. Like this could have been a lot worse. Like those are the type of performances in the playoffs that you lose those games. Like if you give a team five power plays in the playoffs, you're, you're done.
1: yeah. If you're, if you give up five power plays and they score on two of them playoffs or not, you're probably not going to win that game. It's very rare that you have a game like this where they almost go 50% on the power play where you give up five and you win by multiple goals and you're completely fine.
0: Yeah. It, it was an anomaly. Uh, so that was my one, like if I had a gripe with this game, it was that. Uh, but like I said, the abs have proven over the year that they, they are a disciplined team. They can lock it down when they want to every once in a while, you're going to have these types of games uh, better to get it out now in a regular season game than in a playoff game.
1: Yeah. I mean, it's, it's going to happen from time to time, but it's a one goal game at this point, the abs, I still thought were really good from this point on in the second period. And they get a late power play of their own The Stars called for too many men on the ice. And Nathan McKinnon just just having himself a time out there. He's dancing on the ice at the moment. He gets his 34th of the season. A bit of a lucky bounce their way as well. But he beats the buzzer at the end of the second period and holds up as the game-winning goal as well. His shot goes off of a Stars. Fa- I forget who it goes off of, but changes directions and beats Ottinger for a massive two-goal lead going into Oh, that. yeah.
0: That was a game changer. You knew when that goal went in, you were feeling pretty damn good going into the third period. Um, And McKinnon's actually starting to get some lucky bounces. This is a, this is a dangerous sight for the rest of the NHL if McKinnon it's starts what, getting some bounces. It's what
1: it's been every single season. He starts slow, and everyone's like, "Oh, Nathan McKinnon's not scoring a ton this year." And then in the last two months of the season, he scores twenty-five goals, and he just cannot miss whatsoever. He's finally getting bounces his way. His thirty-fourth of the season and he finishes the night with 97 points only three away from a hundred
0: I don't know man it's still just so scary I think he's gonna get it but it's uh I don't know we we gotta keep our fingers crossed I hope he gets it done against San Jose and then we can just put that narrative to bed and then it's just focusing on Miko getting 50 and 100 too so because Miko's at 92 now uh after last night's game so Uh, I think he's going to do it, but with Nathan McKinnon's luck, something is bound to happen where he goes like pointless for like a week straight.
1: Yeah, until until you see the triple digits on the stat sheet, it's it's tough to believe. What do you think happens first hundred points or 50 goals for for Miko? I think you have to go Miko 50
0: just because he needs one. Like uh, it, 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 they could. You know what would be like perfect for the podcast is if they like uh, McKinnon assists for his hundred point on Rantanen's fiftieth goal, and we just kill two birds one stone. I but then you a- have to ask the question: What
1: came first? Is it the fifty goals or the assists? It's the same thing. If, if, it's, if it's the same goal, they go on the stat sheet at the same time.
0: Oh, see, I don't know. I think the goal has to happen first before the assist.
1: But so the just happens. But that's the thing, though. It happened. It gets, it gets counted as a point at the yeah, same time.
0: It's the chicken or the egg debate. Um, but that would be perfect if that happens, where it's like McKinnon has two points and then he assists Miko on his 50th goal, and we're good to go there. Yeah.
1: Um, I honestly think that's what's going to happen. I think McKinnon oh, can have a two point night against the Sharks, and we're going to see another moose empty netter that he assists on. 100 points for him, 50 goals for Miko.
0: And we'll be cheering our, cheering our asses off, but, um, I hope McKinnon gets there. And I, do you think it's out of the question that he gets 40 McKinnon?
1: He's at 34 right now. I mean, six goals in seven games. All it takes is one multi-goal night and it's a lot more doable. You got games back to back against the sharks coming up and, McKinnon loves to play against Nashville. He's loved to play against Edmonton, and he's done well against Winnipeg. Got another game against Anaheim. It's possible. Like, we saw Carter Verhage last night go from 36 to 40 because he had a four-hole night. I mean, all it takes is one really good night, and that seems a lot more doable. I think he probably is going to fall. I think 37. I think 38 is what he's going to end up at towards the end of the season. But if he does get 40 and 100 points after he missed – pretty significant portion of december and january that's pretty good
0: be pretty fucking funny um there is going to be a year for nathan mckinnon where he doesn't have the early season struggles and he's going to get a 60 goal season there's going to be one of those
1: he's going to play an 82 game season and he's going to have 130 points and probably still not win the heart
0: probably not but there will be a year where he gets 60 goals because it he He has these runs in him, and if he can just go – because what was it up until December before he got hurt? He was at, what, like a 2% shooting percentage or something crazy like that?
1: I think last year it was even worse because last year, remember, he had like three goals in January and still finished above 30 at 32 last season. Uh, You look at his splits from early in the season. He had three in October, three in November, two in December. So he went into the new year with only eight goals and then goes 5 9 and 10 and then in one game in april he already has two.
0: Yeah, he's he could he could do it. I just I don't think it's going to happen. 6 goals in 7 games is definitely possible for Nathan McKinnon. I just don't know if it's going to happen.
1: Yeah. I mean, I think Miko's definitely going to get to 50. If he oh, doesn't yeah. if he doesn't get a single goal in 7 games, like that's probably a little shocking for a guy who's never gone any significant stretch of the season without a goal, they're both going to hit their milestones. It's just a matter of how far over them are they going to get. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean,
0: get back to the game. McKinnon gives the Avs 3-1 lead going into the third period. You're feeling great going into the third period. Um, And I I, I don't really think much happened in this third period. I think the Avs – did the Avs take a penalty in the third period?
1: They t- They definitely took a couple penalties yeah. in the third period. There was – the the Stars looked like they cut the lead to one of oh, them yeah. the in the period and. I don't, I don't think either of us were huge fans of the challenge from Bednar and the Avs, but they do turn it over. Ryan Suter pushes Logan O'Connor into Georgiev. I like the precedent that that sets, that that doesn't give the offense the honest to just start shoving guys into the right. goalie and get away with it. But in the moment, I wasn't sure if they were going to take that back because it was technically O'Connor that was interfering, but it was Suter Suter that shoved him into him.
0: Yeah, it was a risky challenge. Bednar had to be 100% sure because if that goal stands, you have to kill a penalty right after that. You're talking uh, need a massive penalty kill. Yeah, it's a Um,
1: one goal game and a power play for the stars. I mean, Bednar put his nuts on the table with that.
0: Oh, yeah. And we, me and you both, that's why we're not in charge because me and you both were like, yeah, that's not worth the challenge Like (laughs) at this point in the game. But uh, yeah, Bednar once again proves why he is uh, significantly smarter than the two of us. Um, But I agree. Like, I don't know if I loved the call. You know what I mean? Like, I'm glad it benefited the Avs. But I also agree with you that, like, that's if that would have happened to us, I would have been fucking livid that that goal got
1: overturned. I mean, based on what the interpretation of the rule should be. That is goalie interference. A guy who's trying to score a goal pushed someone onto the goalie, which prevented him from making the save. That was his action that he took. That wasn't O'Connor in the way. He didn't do that. So I like the precedent that that sets. Not that precedent means jack shit when it comes to goalie interference. But I agree with the call. I just wasn't sure if the league was actually going to see it that way because we don't know what goalie interference is, which is the right most frustrating part. We need a clearly defined rule as to what it is. So yeah, we don't because have to, to have me conversations.
0: To me, I felt like there was like the cross check happens and then the stars had like there was probably like two or three seconds after it that I think Georgiev could like O'Connor could have made more of an effort to get out of the crease. That was my fear with it. It's like O'Connor gets cross-checked into Georgiev. And instead of like trying to get out of there quick, I felt like he kind of hung around. Um, so that's what scared me a little bit about that call. Um, and I think if you're a Dallas fan, you have every right to be pissed about that. Cause in my mind, if I'm looking at that, I would have thought that O'Connor had plenty of time to get out of the net and help make Georgiev make that save. But we'll see if that precedent sticks because it we it won't, but we'll see.
1: Yeah, I will spoil it right now. It will not. There will be no precedent set on goalie interference. No one knows what it is or what it means. And it's going to continue to be a problem that everyone just acts like is fine. But it takes the Stars goal off the board in a huge moment that I, I feel like definitely ended the game at this oh, point. Yeah. It is such a momentum killer for Dallas. I mean, they they had no legs even in the second period of this game going into the third they finally get one to go. You can count on that adrenaline to take you the rest of the way, and you're just one shot away. Comes off the board. You're like, okay, well, we're still down two. We still have 10 minutes to go in this game. It's just, it sucks a lot of life out of you. You, you could see it in the way they were moving, and the Avs, they just buried them at this oh. point.
0: They buried him. The top line went out there for some massive shifts and just cycled them to death. Uh the second line got Balnachushkin back on there. And I thought JT Confer and Alex Newhook had good games in this game. I know Confer took two penalties, but still, like I I still thought they played well. Newhook's going to score here soon. He's playing so damn well. Um, and they had a really good shift late in that third period, too, which I think hopefully is a little bit of a confidence boost for him. Um It was a shame that they couldn't get that fourth goal and just really end this game. We had to go sweat out the empty net a little bit, but overall, just a really solid third period from the Avs.
1: Yeah, they get the empty netter from Val Michushkin on a shot that was going wide from Rantanen, and because it's the stars and the Avs, Joe Pavelski scores against the Avs on a last-second power play because, of course, he does. Water is wet. Joe Pavelski scores against the Avs. It's what he does. Even in the first game, like a month ago, he hadn't scored in forever. He scores against the Avs, That gets him back on the board. He's up to 24 on the season. And then in full ice, bar down. I, is this one of the best empty net goals of all time? This is a disgusting shot.
0: Yeah, I I thought it went over the net. I really did. Like, it was gross. Uh, very funny that that was 49. It would have been sick if that was 50. Yeah. Um, he gets 49 and it was yeah, it was a gross, it was a gross snipe. Um and life's too short to bet the under uh in this game, uh, because the overhits uh use promo code THPN and DraftKings for uh some some bonuses. Did I nail that? Did I do good on the ad right there?
1: You did, you did good, okay, um, good, good, good job. Good. good job. Um we're not getting yeah, paid uh, extra for that, but good job.
0: All right. Uh but yeah, that was just a gross snipe by Miko. Gets him to 49. Finishes with a four-point night from Iko Rantanen. Uh, And like we said earlier, he's at 92 points. I think he can get to 150 goals, which would be a hell of a season for this guy. Um, and the Abs just wrap up a 5-2 victory. And like we said at the beginning of the episode, they are right back in the same position they were on Wednesday where you're one point behind Minnesota and you have a game in hand.
1: Yeah, where your remaining schedule, your toughest games are L.A., Edmonton, we, we can throw Winnipeg in there, too, because that's probably going to be a massive game. For it's the, a desperation the, game for them season, more than likely. Assuming they don't just fall out of the race entirely or Calgary falls out of it entirely. We'll talk about that race later. But I think you can throw them in there as well. That's three games of seven. Your other four are you have two coming up in a row against the Sharks. They have Anaheim, and your last game of the season is against Nashville, who's probably going to be done at that point. They're hanging around the race. All credit to them. But they're probably going to be done at that point. It's the last, last day of the season. If Nashville is going to have a win in their end situation, that probably becomes a much tougher game, but I don't see that happening for them. And Minnesota, they have a big game against Vegas up next again, and they have kind of a similar schedule to us. They have to play uh, Nashville and Winnipeg to end the season, but it's not that tough for them. They have Chicago, and St. Louis and Pittsburgh. I think you can reliably say that maybe they lose one or two of their last couple of games, which doesn't give you a lot of margin for error. Gives you basically
0: zero margin for error. Um I, I do think Minnesota has the easier schedule. If they can find a way to beat Vegas uh today by the time you're listening to this episode, I I, I think Minnesota kinda has the has the edge because the Avs' last remaining games, I, I know they have four easy ones, but that L.A. game next Saturday is going to be, if the Avs can win that one, and they if they beat two or three of L.A., Edmonton, or Winnipeg, I think they have a good chance. If they go like 1-1-1, one, one, and one, it's over. They, they aren't winning the
1: division. You have to take care of business against Anaheim and San Jose. Like you, you cannot lose any of those games, and you really only have the option of losing one at that point. It It feels like, Winnipeg and Nashville exist in their own little space because Mm -hmm. those games are very obvious what you need to do. You win two games and you're in, or you only win one and you win the division or you're who knows at that point, maybe you just already clinched up at that point. So I feel like those kind of exist on their own, but I feel like as long as you, I feel like you can only lose one from here on out and say that you have your own destiny in your hands. Yeah. the, The abs have
0: to go six and one. In, in these last couple games, I think, to control their own destiny. It's doable. It's very doable for this team, but I just don't see Minnesota losing to Chicago, and we're watching St. Louis right now play Boston. Maybe Jordan Bennington has, has a good game against them, but I, I don't know. Chicago's been frisky, but I just I don't see Minnesota. If they beat Vegas uh, on Monday and then let's say they lose to Pittsburgh. I still like, I don't, I don't don't know.
1: I don't see them losing to Pittsburgh. You don't Pittsburgh's not been good lately. Like they could be desperate, but they've lost a lot of important games. I feel like our vision is skewed of them because they had a really good game against us, but they've lost big games to Detroit. They were able to beat Washington. They lost to Dallas. And they just couldn't beat Boston yesterday. I mean, it's it's a maybe for sure that they can beat Minnesota, but I'm not gonna count on it.
0: Yeah, is it in Minnesota or is it in Pittsburgh?
1: It's in Pittsburgh. That
0: makes me feel a little bit better. Not significantly better, but a little bit. Um yeah, I, I just think the Avs need to go six and one if they're going to going to win the division. And I also think six and one wins you the West. I really do.
1: It'll certainly get you close, at least. If you beat Edmonton, that's probably gonna put you in a good spot because Edmonton just doesn't seem like they like to lose a lot lately. They're nine Oh and one in their last 10, their only loss was an OT to Vegas who they then beat three days later. They've been playing strong hockey and their, their schedule is probably outside of Calgary. The easiest in the West, their hardest game left is us. It's their second to last game of the season in Colorado. Other than that, it is an entirely California based diet of LA tough game, but Anaheim, San Jose, Colorado, and then San Jose again. Outside of us and LA, I the worst case scenario for them is they lose two of those games. I don't I don't see them losing any of those other games. No. Not at those I goals. mean,
0: yeah. I, I just, I, I think if the ABS go six, uh, if they go six and one, I think they win the West. I do. Um, they win the Central and it's really going to be interesting to see what happens because if we want to shift the conversation to it, like who is your playoff matchup? Because we've seen pretty much all of them in the past month of potential playoff matchups. And I know we've won the season series against Minnesota. We won the season series against Dallas, but those are two really fucking good hockey teams. And for me, I would rather have those two teams play in the first round, beat the shit out of each other, and the Abs face Seattle, which is not going to be an easy series at all. Seattle is good, but I would much rather face the Dallas-Minnesota winner in the second round than in the first round.
1: Hey, everybody. Hope you've been enjoying this episode so far. Interrupting to bring you a word from our sponsor at DraftKings Sportsbook. Are you ready for the underdogs, the upsets, and the unbelievable action from DraftKings Sportsbook? The biggest tournament in college basketball is here. Right now, new customers can bet just $5 on college hoops and get $200 in bonus bets instantly. Plus, for a limited time, all customers can score a no-sweat bet during round one and two of the tournament. Go to the app, opt-in and place a no-sweat bet this weekend. If it doesn't hit, you'll get a bonus bet back up to $10. We've already seen plenty of upsets happen so far in March Madness as we reach the Sweet 16. All the more reason to get in on the action at DraftKings Sportsbook. So what are you waiting for? Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and sign up with code THPN. New customers can bet $5 and get $200 in bonus bets instantly win or lose. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code THPN. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. Now, back to the episode. I think Minnesota is probably the toughest matchup that you can get in round one for this team. If Dallas just wins out, goes on a crazy run, and takes back the division, I think that might be Worst case scenario, not that they can't beat Minnesota because they obviously can, but that's a tough series. Dallas probably next on that list, even though I still feel like we can handle Dallas in a tough series, but we can definitely beat Dallas. I'm not thrilled about Seattle, but I would rather deal with that than Dallas or Minnesota in round one. And then we're talking about Winnipeg or Calgary, which neither of them seems to want it, as of late, Calgary's won three in a row. They're playing better lately. And Winnipeg, this is a very real thing that they've gone from could win the Central at the All-Star break to might miss the playoffs and could be 50-50 right now if, as to whether or not they make it at all. If the
0: ABS were to get the one seed in the West, I would much rather face Winnipeg.
1: Yeah, Winnipeg Calgary. to me is best case scenario. If you yeah. win the West and Winnipeg holds on, I think the avs can walk all over them. But not that I don't want to, that to come off as disrespect to Winnipeg, but they are not impressive to watch right mm. now. And this core is in a death rattle. No matter what happens unless they go on some crazy run after going in as a wild card team, I think this is the last time we see the jets like this.
0: Oh, without a doubt. I mean, Wheeler I think has he's a free agent after this year, right? I I
1: think Shifley, I have to look up everything for that. Shifley,
0: I think, has one year left. Shifley Uh,
1: has one year left. Dubois has a year left. No, he's an upcoming RFA. And this team's running out of time. Shifley has one year left. Wheeler has one year left. Ehlers has two left. Connor has three left. Where's Hellebuck? Hellebuck has one year left. If They're serious about this. And this core... They had a great first 60 percent of the season, but they missed last year. We're not impressive. Didn't do much of anything. If they miss this year or just get walked in round one, I don't see how you bring this team back anymore.
0: You can't. I mean, this is a epic collapse from them. This is an impressive collapse by by Winnipeg. Um, I I don't know how to feel about them because
1: they're. I think on paper, their team's good, Yeah, but they have a solid they, team, but it's just, it doesn't come together. Yeah. Um, it's just,
0: I don't know. I mean, I, I think that against Detroit Wheeler scored his first goal in like 25 games. Connor has been so quiet. The second half of the season, as my fantasy team would suggest. Um, they've just been playing their worst hockey of the year at the worst time of the year. Um, so if you're an abs fan, and the abs get the one seed and you get to face Winnipeg. Fuck. Yeah. You're going to take that Calgary. On the other hand, Calgary has probably had the worst luck this year of any team. It's not, it's
1: not even close that Calgary has had the worst luck. Well,
0: do you call it bad luck or just bad goaltending?
1: It's bad goaltending, but it's also been, it's been everything in Calgary this season. It's been bad coaching. It's been the superstars have been bad. It's been bad goaltending and bad luck and everything else along the way. But they still should be good enough to make it. Huberto hasn't been good. Kadri, I think, is having exactly the season we thought he was going to have in Calgary. If they just get some saves, and their their record in one goal games is by far the worst in the NHL, where I don't think they've had a single good comeback outside of I think their last game against Vancouver. But if they do get in, and if that luck does change, that is a team that I think would be worthy of talking about with an upset. And I'd much rather leave them for Edmonton for obvious reasons.
0: I agree. Uh, it's I watch Calgary and I just look at that team. I'm like, this team should be way better than what they are. Yeah,
1: they should I, be. Even if they do miss, I'm pretty confident they're going to be fine next year.
0: Oh, yeah, I agree. I mean, they have that Dustin Wolfkin, the AHL, who's supposed to be like the next big goalie. Um, so I I think they're going to be okay. But it's just been a brutal turn for them. But they're getting hot the right time. It's going to come down to that Calgary and Winnipeg game, it seems, when they play each other. Is it next Saturday?
1: It's on Wednesday this next week. Next Wednesday? Yeah.
0: So, yeah, I, I just don't – I think that's what it's going to come down to. Um, Because somehow, some way, Nashville's still hanging on. But I I don't see them fighting their way in. Uh. And I don't know, Winnipeg, by the time you're listening to this, we'll know the result of the game against the Devils. If they can win this game against the Devils today, they'll be, I think, in a lot better position.
1: Yeah, this is a must win for them against the Devils. They were able to take care of Detroit with Detroit on the second half of a back-to-back on Friday, but they got shut out by the Sharks. Yeah, that was tough. Which I think we ended up talking about. It's going to be an interesting race down the end of the season. It's going to be, I think, Calgary or Winnipeg. I mean, Nashville's still in the race. You got to give them credit for still being in the race. I think we should be honest that that is probably best case scenario for the Avs if they get the top seed and Nashville somehow gets into the playoffs because they have the games in hand. They've got two games in hand on Winnipeg and Calgary, and they're only one point behind Calgary and three points behind Winnipeg. They're getting goals out of guys like Evangelista and a bunch of guys that we were not expecting coming into this season. Where even when they're missing Ryan Johansson, like I don't even know a lot of the guys on this team. I mean, Keeper Sherwood is still playing for them. And
0: didn't got- Duchesne, like lose a finger almost? I heard them talking about that on the TNT broadcast. He got slashed and like he took off his glove and he couldn't even see his own finger.
1: Something like that. Yeah, It's just such a confusing scene because you look at their team and a lot of the games I watch of Nashville, they get crushed. Yeah. But every time I look at the standings, they're like 500 in their last several games and Winnipeg and Calgary just refuse to bury them. And every team beneath them is just so far behind them that they've been in the race this whole time.
0: Nashville would be the worst team to make the playoffs. Like if you're just looking for a pure hockey, like, best player teams in the playoffs nashville would be the worst
1: team to make the playoffs <laughs> who would have been a worst team to make the playoffs in recent memory that you can really think of and not counting the bubble season actually you can cuz montreal was montreal. the
0: montreal was yeah. chicago was worst that year
1: team. too yeah the bubble season i mean they were a 12 seed they would not they wouldn't even have come close in a normal season yeah
0: I mean, you could say the Avs when they got in after that terrible season where they faced the Preds. I mean, they proved a lot of people wrong in that series that they weren't, but on paper, that was, that should have been the easiest sweep of all time.
1: Yeah, I think you're right. Now that I'm thinking, like the other one I think of is Ottawa a couple of years ago in 15, where they were like well out in January and went on a crazy run, the Hamburglar run. That yeah. got them into. I think it got them the top wild card too, to to play the Habs, and they were down three zero in that series, but forced at six. Like those are the only ones I can think of.
0: Yeah, those are the only head. ones I can think of too, off the top of my head. But there's been, I think Nashville would take the cake just because of how injured they are right now. They, you saw, know, a guy they could really use right now, uh, Ellie Tolvanen. They could yeah. really use that guy right now.
1: Ellie told. It's also funny that they they played the Jets upcoming, don't they? Or did th- they already have? I want to
0: say they play them on Tuesday or Wednesday.
1: I'd th- I clicked off of it, but I feel like they play each other coming up. They do. They play them, the Jets play them after they play Calgary on Saturday.
0: <laughs> they Jeez. gave
1: them Nino Niederreiter. Yeah. And oh, they man. sold at I- the deadline. They sold and got a phenomenal haul at the deadline. So if they somehow do get into the playoffs, hats off to them. They sold Eckholm to the Oilers and they traded Geno for 50 draft picks. If they get into the playoffs, I mean, all the power to them. Like, you can't even call them a joke because, like, they've they probably had one of the best outcomes to a season imaginable. Yeah, like
0: that 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 would be ridiculous. I I honestly think that Barry Trotz would be like, "What the fuck?" Like, I wanted a high draft pick, and now I'm going to be picking in the late teens. Well, they have a um,
1: bunch of picks this year. I mean, they have they do first. They have Edmonton's first. They have Pittsburgh second, which they got for for Granlund. Granlund, yep what a trade that was yeah. horrible in Pittsburgh. They have three third round picks, three fourth round picks, two fifths. And next year they already have two seconds and two fourths and a first in 2025 from the Janot trade. So Barry, who knows what Tampa's is going to be in three years. Who knows what Tampa is going to be next year, man? Yeah. Like like it, are- it's
0: going to be Nashville did pretty well. And if they make the playoffs, that'd be hilarious. Yeah.
1: Um, they they might even be dangerous because they're literally playing for nothing. There's no pressure whatsoever to do anything in the playoffs.
0: No, absolutely not. But I, if you see Soros, maybe, but he hasn't been great this year. I was hearing rumors that Soros may be on the trade block this off season.
1: They would be nuts to do that. Well,
0: they have that stud kid in the minors.
1: That's, yes, they they do have him. What's his name? Askarov.
0: Yeah, like they have that really good kid in the minors. So if you could get like a couple firsts for Soros and just. Give it to Askarov because this team's not close to winning a cup yet.
1: But... Well, they do. They do also have two more years of Sorrow's. Askarov is still only 20. Yeah. So you could just ride Soros for the next couple of years, then trade him for whatever he's worth at that point and then bring up Askarov because you yeah. never know with goalies. No,
0: never know. But Nashville set themselves up pretty well.
1: They have guy in Forsberg for weeks. I forgot yeah. about this because he's been sitting on my IR for like two yeah. months. They haven't had Forsberg this whole time, and they're still winning. They beat the Blues yesterday. What six nothing? Yeah, they beat them real bad. Like so, the Blues are in six one. Yeah, they're in a spot. They beat the Bruins, dog.
0: <laughs> yeah, very funny. Like it, it's it's going to be interesting. The West is it's pretty much like where's the we pretty much know seven of the eight teams. It's just who's going to play who. Yeah, is so, really going to be not determined till the end of the. The, the
1: fact that Winnipeg is even in this conversation, like that, tells you this team is done. This this core is over. It should have been over last year, but yeah. it,
0: it's not gonna happen. Blake Wheeler is gonna get signed by some team, and I don't know. He he's not good anymore, but someone will pick him up.
1: Yeah, and so best case scenario, the Avs win the West, and they get one of those three teams in the best first. case scenario. But even still, we'll have to wait and see. Yeah. Even if it is Dallas, like I, there are still positives to that and coming out of that series because it is a tough series and it prepares you for the rest of the run. And you you knock off one of your top contenders right away. There Um, are positives to that, but that series just scares
0: me because the Avs have been fragile this year and that would be a very physical series. Now, if the Avs do get back Landeskog, Lekkonen, Manson, I think that is a huge help but I just, that series scares me.
1: Yeah. it's And it's supposed to scare you. If you're not at least a little afraid of the stars or the wild, like you're crazy. Those are good hockey teams that are going to give you all that they're worth.
0: Well, and then we'll have that troll bamboozle in my fucking mentions the entire time. If we lose, I I, I just, I, I don't need that in my life right now.
1: Yeah. I, I wouldn't be too happy about that either, but, there's a we're less than by the time this episode comes out two weeks away from day one of the Stanley cup plan. It's hard to believe it was already almost here. This season feels like forever, but also still feels like we just started at the same. Yeah. Point. The all-star break feels like a week ago. Yeah.
0: It, it's, it's crazy how fast the season's gone by so many ups and downs. Um, And hopefully we're getting hot at the right time, but I, I, I think if you're the abs, if you can find a way to go six and one in these final games and get that top seed in the West, have home ice through the entire Western Conference playoffs, I think that's massive, absolutely massive. Um, and really, the big thing is the abs got to get healthy, man. Like it, we talked about those players that they can add back into life. This team is a really fucking good team if everyone's I, back healthy. I, I think
1: that's where my like obviously I want that to happen, but if they do get second, I feel like that's where like. I suppose you could say my lack of fear comes from. Cause when you do get those guys back and if they do integrate into the lineup seamlessly, I'm just not afraid of anybody yeah. like give, your second give,
0: line becomes your third line Yeah, like,
1: with give, all the players you add back. Like give me Dallas in the first round at that point. And who knows, like maybe the ads when they're healthy, maybe they just run them over and the entire Western conference, just they're They just turn around and go home at that point. Cause if you run over Dallas in round one, when you get healthy, how, how do you think Minnesota is feeling, especially if they're getting pushed by like Seattle? It's possible, but it's possible. But. the thing
0: is, is like, we just haven't seen it this, this year. And that's what scares me. Like even last year, I feel like we were injured, but it was like one player at a time. Like yeah. it was just, it was a slow, steady stream of players getting hurt this year. It's been like massive amounts of time. We've had massive amount of players out Um so do I agree with you that the abs, if they're healthy I think they could run through the West absolutely but we haven't seen that this year yet. Um I agree though I think if it's a healthy lineup against Dallas where Lecaden Landeskog Manson are back like that that is a dangerous team the abs will be. Like that is a dangerous team. Yeah they're the t- um, they're the
1: team to beat in the West with the Oh 100%. Guys. There's a reason
0: why they're still the betting favorite.
1: Yeah and they still are right now the team to beat in the west until somebody beats them
0: still someone beats them and there is good news uh josh manson skated on saturday that timeline of him being back before the end of march was completely wrong um Joker. but I, I am optimistic that he'll be back for probably not a single game until the postseason i, I don't think they even risk it i, I think they just I, mean, I think
1: they just sit him for Josh Manson, it's. They'll put him back when they say he's right at this point, it's really hard to make a wrong decision when it comes right. to stuff like this, because you want to give those guys games, but you also don't want to risk it. They're going to tell you when they're ready to go. The more games you can get under your belt before the playoffs and get yourself back up to speed, the better. Landeskog, he's slowly changing jerseys and slowly, maybe. The- he's
0: looking more and more explosive. Yeah. I wouldn't be shocked by next week when we talk uh, Easter Sunday, that he's we're seeing him really kick it up a notch in this last week i still don't think he plays a game this regular season
1: i don't but, either but mate, like maybe winnipeg or nashville maybe earliest just to give him a game or two i wouldn't be surprised if he played winnipeg and not nashville and yes just goes right into the playoffs with that because it's like Gabe Landeskog is as tough as they come, and it's not like he needs a huge adjustment period. The man has not played a hockey game since game six of the final. And then to jump back into game one of the playoffs, he's still a human being, and it's going to need as much preparation as possible. He's not going to be the same guy right away. Having him back is going to be a massive boost for everyone around him, but don't immediately expect him to be 30 goal scorer game landis got no,
0: i cannot i have seen into the future this is what's going to happen he he's going to play game 1 and he will not take a morning skate the entire playoffs for however long they are and he'll do it for his ritual that it's good luck but we all know he's still nursing it i'd say probably right now he's probably what like 75% at the most maybe
1: at the absolute maximum 75% yeah. like i i think maybe 50 is probably realistic at this point
0: the videos we've been seeing he's skating a lot more and he's skating yeah. harder so that but, makes I, me I, encouraged that's why i think next week we'll see we'll see him really ramp it up and i wouldn't be surprised if he takes a lot more practices with the team
1: yeah i think 60 is probably a realistic mark at this point for where he is 75 at the absolute maximum
0: yeah but Arturi terry skating with the stick again i i I We're coming up on what, like three weeks now since he had a surgery?
1: About three weeks? I believe so. Montreal, so it's been one, two, three. It'll be four this week.
0: Okay, so he's right on that timeline. So he he could be back next week at some point, uh, which would be a massive
1: addition. I don't think we see him regularly. You don't think we see him? I don't think so. I still don't. Just don't risk it? Yeah, I he's going to play through it anyway and it's going to bother him in the playoffs just because of the timelines for, for broken fingers. I think it's the same thing as Landis maybe the last couple of games where like the last week, maybe, I don't think we see him in it. Um,
0: yeah. I think we're a little, uh, my brain is still melted by the fact that Andrew Cagliano and Nazem Kadri played like two weeks after they broke their yeah. fingers and like, had surgery.
1: We have very um, skewed observations of what a broken <laughs> yeah. finger actually is where that's not normal. You don't do that on a broken finger.
0: No. This and is now that you're saying that, I, I completely agree with you because all it takes is one stick to the hand and that already damaged finger is broken again and then he's out for the whole playoffs. Right. That makes a lot of sense now. Yeah, I, I, see, I see where you're coming. My brain was just skewed by the fact that we had two guys break their fingers and they came back like two weeks later.
1: Yeah, where they just came right. Like Cogliano does not feel pain. No. Whatsoever, and then Kadri came back and scored the biggest goal in absolutely. Yeah. So it's just like it's not a big deal. It's not. It's not a big deal. It's just a broken finger that he had surgery. It's he's finger. fine. Just, it's fine. <laughs> Put him back out there. It's not a big friggin' deal. Who cares, right? Yeah.
0: And then Frankie. Uh, he's he's getting close. I wouldn't be shocked if he's back next week, um, and get him some game action. But when Frankie's back, you're, you have what do you do because I, you're going to carry much. a third goaltender. Yeah. You're going to carry a third goaltender. Do you trust JoJo or do you trust Kincaid more? Or is it Ananen? Who, who do you keep as the third? Hopefully, Jojo. that's not even a worry.
1: Yeah. But it's JoJo. you think it's JoJo? I think it's JoJo. They, they've used Kincaid for half a game, and they've used JoJo for two entire games. They are not even going to touch Ananen right now in this no. list. It's Georgiev, obviously, Frankie, JoJo, and then Kincaid. And they're going to have – maybe this was the plan with Kincaid all along. You bring up JoJo, and then you have Kincaid as Ananen's backup in the AHL and not leave him completely out to dry.
0: Well, because is there is there a rule where, like, you have to set your lineup before? Can you still call guys up? Like, how many guys can you keep on the roster?
1: In the playoffs, you mean? Yeah. I, in the playoffs, I don't think it matters. Fair. Like, okay. There's, there's there's no salary cap in the playoffs.
0: Yeah, it would I, just I, be. I
1: th- it's gonna be JoJo like this conversation. We are hopefully never. Yes, in, but it. I imagine it. Woo. Ah, That's don't, what I'm
0: saying too, man. I'm
1: I'm saying that out loud. I'm like playoff game. Keith Kincaid or Jonas Johansson. I'll take the meteor.
0: Yeah, hey, true, but it, it's gonna be interesting because I mean they they chose Anonin over JoJo. Oh, well, they didn't have JoJo last year. Scratch that. Scratch that. My brain is scrambled because he's just change teams like nine times Um, but it's gonna be interesting but Frankie like you said hopefully there's just no chance of either of them playing and it's just your gift the entire way through yeah Uh, but Frankie's the,
1: the regular season at least it's Frankie coming back I don't know how much that changed like are we even gonna see Frankie this season like he might see him for a game or two if he comes back this week you might see him in one game against the Sharks and the Ducks and maybe one of the two games against Winnipeg or Nashville, maybe even both at that point, depending on how they feel about Georgiev. But again, if Frankie's playing in the playoffs, something went wrong, and you hope that's not the case.
0: Yeah, fingers crossed. No sticks in anyone's mask. We're feeling good. But I I would say the injury news for the Avs is as positive as it's been in a
1: while. Don't say that. Don't
0: say that. Like, it's... It's it's still seven games left and something else could happen, but so far it's been it, – it seems to be somewhat looking up, but we know something else is going to happen before the end of the year. The injury has,
1: has not been added to lately.
0: Cogliano came close in the wild game. Came it's, close.
1: Cogliano every game seems like yeah. he's going to be out for the rest of the season. That guy is just a machine. He yeah, ha- He has metal in his bones and he has circuitry instead of organs.
0: Yeah, so – We'll see, but I'm feeling good, man. I'm I'm feeling good. I'm back in that positive state of mind. I want to remind everyone that we are fans first off. So if Wednesday's episode seemed depressing, it's because we were pissed we lost. We are right, not. It was also
1: like 15 minutes removed from yeah. the game. The Stars game was last night that yeah, like we if, don't have to record right afterwards.
0: If you're a longtime listener of the show... You know that like whenever we lost a game in last year's playoffs, it it was like we had been eliminated in
1: the series and we went 16 and four. I have I have actually never gone back and re-listened to our our playoff ones just because I know how emotional those were. (laughs) Because you're recording
0: them like 20 minutes after the games.
1: Yeah, especially the ones where I was in Colorado for them. Like I remember uh, the St. Louis game that we lost the game five. Like we were silent basically the entire car car ride back and I just brought out my microphone and we just went to fucking town. Yeah, you would have
0: thought we were eliminated in that game. so The
1: the way people were talking, you'd think we were eliminated after that game. But like, that was a tough like just for me especially because of I have never seen the Avalanche win a game in person and they were up three to nothing and lost in overtime (laughs) off of a terrible goal. I was very much in a bad mood.
0: Oh, that was a rough game, man. That was a, that tough, was a rough game. And then game game tough. five against Tampa. That one was rough too. So we're, we're just remind you, we're fans. Like yeah. we get emotional. We, uh, we, we try no, to be level headed. We but... have
1: no obligation to be rational. There is nothing in our contract. Like you hear from media people all the time that like they they can't be fans because they have to be unbiased. We have none of that. None of those stipulations whatsoever. And most
0: of the time, I feel like we're pretty pretty calm, but yeah, Wednesday's episode was a tough one because I feel we just, I
1: feel like we're fair. I feel yeah. like we are we keep a good pulse on what the general mood is. Whereas like game fifty, they lose like, okay. I'm not gonna freak out about that. but blowing a three nothing lead in a series clincher with two massive goals in the third period where you waste a McKinnon goal. i I feel like that one was pretty justified.
0: Yeah, that one was fair. I, I need to go back and listen to that. I don't, I just don't like listening to the episode because I just don't like hearing myself talk. So yeah. um, I'm sorry you have to do that because you produce the whole show. But oh, yeah, uh,
1: I have to listen to these things a lot.
0: Yeah. So we'll see. But overall, man, like it, I'm feeling pretty good about the abs right now. Very favorable schedule. I'm looking very much forward to that game against L.A. on Saturday uh la we hyped them up and they've been dog shit since then so i know they beat seattle last night but they uh, against like the edmonton they looked they got their asses kicked like we type hyped them up and they they played like absolute dog shit since then yeah um so maybe we need to hype up the wild and the stars maybe we have like a who's been doing
1: that with minnesota lately oh yeah. so they just look so good and then yeah they lost, they lost to vegas so the wild are, that that Fluke they loss. can't lose, man. Gustafson's
0: too good. It's
1: fluke, Start flurry every game. It's a fluke to Vegas. They're gonna get it back the next time, and there's probably gonna win the division.
0: Yeah, That's probably. Anyway. Probably.
1: But before we uh, get too far into the ending this episode, there is still stuff to talk about with the Avs. We talked about Sam pollen signing out of Western Michigan, I believe yep. it was last episode. And then the next day, the Avs go out and sign two more guys. They sign Sam Milinski from Cornell and Andre Pavel from Minnesota State, I believe it was. And so they get two more highly touted college guys, Sam Malinsky, already on the board with the Colorado Eagles with a goal last night. And this is what successful contending teams do when you have a prospect pool that is as depleted as the Avs are. You go out and you find guys like this. Are they going to be anything? I don't know. But if you sign enough, eventually you're going to hit on one. I mean,
0: basically, that was three draft picks right there. Yeah, you essentially just signed.
1: That's like three third-round picks right there. Yeah,
0: and are they going to be stud players? You don't know, but but they, I I think they're doing it the right way. I think they learned with Myers last year. I I think they didn't do Ben Myers the justice because he comes out in his first game, scores a goal, and I think everyone has their expectations set too high for Ben Myers.
1: We in the off-season were like, Ben Myers is probably going to have a bottom six role on this team this season. He scored one goal.
0: Yeah, like I think it was a little unfair. But you give these guys, they just go straight to the AHL, and then their contract starts next year. So these kids are going to be able to – I say kids. Uh, jesus They're my age. Old. Yeah, they're your age. They're older than um, me.
1: They're older yeah. than me.
0: But so they they get to go to the AHL. They get to play like – I think there's 10 games left in the season before, and yeah. the Eagles are going to the playoffs, so they'll get to play some playoff hockey. Um, I, I think they learned from Myers last year, and they're giving these kids just the the chance that they, they need to – be successful potential NHL players. And I love what Ben Myers said about it. I believe he was talking to Peter Baugh about it. And they asked him like, why do you think the Avs have been so active in uh, the college free agent? And Ben Myers goes, because they don't have any prospects. <laughs> like He was just so brutally honest where it's like, yeah, they need to, they've traded away a lot of their draft picks and a lot of their prospects to win. They need to replenish it. And like you said, that's what successful teams do.
1: Yeah. And if you're a college free agent, like, There's not a ton of spots to earn, but you know the Avalanche are going to take good care of you. I mean, word gets around that you're going to turn into a pretty good player, even if you don't touch the NHL with these guys, because Myers has been pretty good with the Eagles while he's playing. And the Eagles themselves, we we don't talk a lot about the Eagles on this show. I mean, they needed an injection of a little bit talent with the way the abs have been treating them this season. And having all those three guys added to this team right before the playoffs that can't be understated. Like that's huge additions for the Eagles and just back pocket guys for the abs. Like maybe we don't even see them next season, but like even a guy like Logan O'Connor was, we forget a a college signing at a certain point. Like a a lot of the times, like these guys are not going to be superstars, but you develop them, right? You have them grow their skills. You're going to give them meaningful games right away with the Eagles, all three of them. It's just options that you have. And is like you said, you're just like signing free pre-developed draft picks, like just starter pick draft picks right out of the gate. Very low risk guy. You're not spending any assets to go out and get them. It's just easy stuff that makes your farm team better at worst case scenario.
0: And builds back up your prospect cupboard a yeah. little bit, a little bit. Um, Because now you have that, you have Merkley, you have... Those three guys we just talked about, Sam Ranta, he still exists, right? Sam Ranta didn't get Sam traded? Ranta.
1: Sam okay, still good. exists with the team. So we've got an Eagles team full of these guys. Now you add yeah. Sam Polinsky or Milinsky, Andre Pavel, and Sam Pollan, who we talked about last game. And you already had Malinsky scored a goal with the Eagles last game. And you have Andre Pavel coming in out of – um was it? Mich- Minnesota State. Minnesota State. I almost said Michigan State. I don't even think that exists but he comes out of Minnesota state. He's 22 years old. Like just guys that if you develop them right in a couple of years could be something.
0: or could be, could be valuable trade assets,
1: valuable trade assets, or they could be nothing. And you lose nothing by that. It's just guys that are replenishing your cupboard that you, the fact that you're getting these guys at all just shows that this is a class organization that people want to play for and you treat them right. They're going to tell people and you're going to bring in more probably this time next season. We're going to be having the same conversation that they signed two or three more guys again. And another thing is like all of these guys were captains. Like they, they love their captains of college teams.
0: They do. They do. So it's a smart move. I think the Eagles are very happy with it because they've lost like pretty much their whole roster this year. Like I I don't know the AHL. I haven't been watching any AHL games, but
1: uh, it's expensive to watch the AHL. Yeah.
0: Uh, it seems like the Eagles are going to be one of the more talented teams going in uh, to the Calder cup playoffs. So we'll, we'll have to wait and see, but I I think it's good to get those players in. And like I said, it's just basically free second and third round picks. That's what these guys essentially are. Um, Instead
1: instead of spending a, a third round pick on a random guy to maybe in a couple years, be a good piece of your farm team. You're getting redeveloped guys that have gone through college already to come in here be injections of talent right away, and then you evaluate them in training camp next season and see what they can do. And even if they are nothing, you give them full seasons in the minors next year and see what you got again. I love it. It's a good move. Um, so
0: yeah, the Avs been busy in the college free agent market. Very good moves, I think. Um, I think they're doing it the right way because you're not rushing them into the NHL and expect them to be huge contributors. Uh, so I love it. Uh, let's transition to before we have end this episode. We do have to talk about these, these games against San Jose, especially the one on Tuesday. What are your thoughts with this game?
1: I don't see how they lose these games, and I feel like that is a very bad thing to say. But the Sharks, they're on a three-game winning streak. Right now, they did beat Vegas in OT recently, and they have taken themselves out of a top three pick right now. Right now, they have the fourth overall pick. And they beat Winnipeg 3-0. They beat Vegas 4-3 in OT. And they beat Arizona 7-2. So this is probably the best the Sharks have ever been all season. I think this is actually their longest winning streak all season long.
0: Yes. Because I think last week we were talking, they had, what, 13 wins? Yeah. Regulation wins?
1: Something like that? They they still hadn't hit 20. Now they're at 22. So this is probably the best Sharks team we've seen. We also completely dismantled the Sharks the last time we played them. This team should not be on the same caliber as you is it gonna be six nothing again probably not but i'd just win like i don't I don't even have a score prediction because it doesn't matter like just beat them there's really no reason that this should steal any points from you
0: yeah i see gonna say like five two i think we win
1: i hate gambling <laughs> the blues just tied that game i had the bruins in regulation i let's can't go lie. I can't win anything. <laughs> they were up three. Oh dog. I,
0: but you wanted them to, you wanted the blues to win because now the caps fall even higher, lower in the draft
1: side. So, and you know what? You're right now. I'm not sad anymore. Yeah. Cool. Awesome. Awesome. Great. Anyway. So moving on from that, I just don't see how the sharks can take any points from you at this point in the year. I just don't see how the abs allow that at this point right now. I I think I'm hey, just going to handle it. I think
0: if we would have had this conversation like three weeks ago when they were still struggling against bad teams, I think we'd be worried, but um i i think we take care of business in both these games uh i don't imagine we'll have much to talk about on wednesday's episode but no. uh
1: we'll, we're gonna uh, be probably talking mostly what we've talked about today just everything yeah. else going on around the abs unless yeah. they lose this game which in which case we'll probably come on here not very happy
0: oh we'll be livid so yeah i think they win uh, and then they, they win two, and then I'm really just looking forward to that game against the Kings.
1: I really I we'll talk about it more on the next episode. Like I'd I'd really like to see them get their get back against the Kings yeah. where the two games they've played against them have been dog shit. That blown third period lead that they lost in the shootout, and they just got their asses handed to them last time they played the Kings. I'd really like to see them beat them. Just have a I agree. Really solid game against them
0: when the Kings aren't playing ever since we said they were the dark horse of the West, they've been absolute dog shit. So who knows, but it's going to be a fun week, California road trip, uh, a lot of late games and for you, especially you yeah, RIP your sleep schedule this upcoming week. Sleep schedule. Uh, what is that? <laughs> but uh, I don't think I have anything else for this episode, man.
1: Well, I think we've just about covered it all. Big win for the Avs against the Stars and a big loss for the Wild against Vegas. We're getting right down to the stretch of it. Once again, two weeks until the beginning of the Stanley Cup playoffs. The journey gonna begin once again. I mean, this season has just been so weird. Feels like one big fog from like January onwards. But we're almost at the very end of it and going to be a blast the rest of the way it's a lot different than it was last year where we were like the avs are probably going to hold on to this 12 point lead on the western conference i think we can feel pretty sure about that at this point so it's kind of fun to have meaningful games even against the sharks where every win kind of matters at this point at least uh i don't know last season was a lot less stressful at this point (laughs) We were already. We were just waiting to
0: figure out what the playoffs were going to be like.
1: You know, (laughs) we were doing. We were watching Dallas Nashville games just to see who we were playing in round one. No Vegas games. We were watching Vegas. We were cheering
0: for Vegas to lose.
1: Yeah, that was fun last year, but it's going to be a fun journey to the rest of the season. We will be back as always on Thursday to talk about the Sharks game, then the upcoming Sharks game after that, and the Kings game. Coming up shortly after that. I'm sure we'll have something to talk about. Something will happen. We'll see where it all goes in time. But again, thank you all so very much for tuning in to another edition of the teledabs It Is podcast on the Hockey Podcast Network. Use promo code teledabs it is on SeatGeek for $20 off your first order of $50 or more. If you want to follow us on Twitter, you can follow me at G Young's NHL. You can follow Christian at Christian underscore belay, and you can follow the show at Tell It Abs It Is. But again, thank you all so much for tuning in, and we will catch you all next time. But until then, let's go abs.